The Nuts and Bolts of Writing, Season Two, a podcast where we talk about literature, the ins and outs of writing, and how to actually start writing. Hey, everybody! This is Tete Dupunk, one of the co-hosts of the Nuts and Bolts in Writing. Today, I will be interviewing writer Thomas Mizaraka. Who submitted his short story "Words in Enough Time" to issue six of our literary zine, "The Unconventional Courier"? I provided a link to the story in the description. Tom Mizaraka studied writing, publishing, and literature at Emerson College in his hometown of Boston. After graduation, he moved to Los Angeles, where he splits his time between writing and graphic design. Over 120 of his short stories have appeared in publications worldwide. In 2021, his story "Giving Up the Ghosts" was nominated for a Pushcart Prize. Two of his novels have been published, including the vampire parody novel "Lifestyles of the Dam." He self-published a public a he self-published a collection of his early short stories entitled "If You Read This, You Will Die." He is also the multi-award-winning playwright with over 150 short plays and for 13 full-length produced globally. His musical "Geeks" was produced off-Broadway in May of 2019. This year, his full-length play "In Dogs We Trust" won second place in the Robert J. Pickering slash J. R. Colbeck Award for Playwriting Excellence. He won the award in 2014 for his superhero nursing home play *Golden Age*, which will have its West Coast premiere at the Tehapachi Community Theater this June. You can follow Tom and Twitter at Musical Geeks, at Geeks Musical, and Instagram at T Mizaraka. Check out his website at www.tommiz.com. Hello, Tom. How are you? Welcome to well. the. Oh, very, very! It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So, welcome to the nuts and bolts in writing.、Um, so, recently you had your story "Words in Enough Time"、uh, published in one of our、uh, volumes, and I want to say that the story really resonated with us at the Unconventional Courier,、uh, particularly with myself when I read it. I was really struck by the. How you describe the impact of books and how books, with their stories and characters, can stay with us like loyal companions or teachers. It really struck a particular,、uh, particularly strong chord with me.、Uh, would you say that that was based on a lot of your own experiences?、Uh, in a sense, yes.、Um, you know, it's a fictional story. It's not anything based to what happened to me. But the theme, as you said, of literature. Being like a friend, always being there for you, having that shared experience of literature of a book that you read. If somebody else has read that book, you already have a accumulated knowledge of something, something that you can share together. And you know, books are are great for many reasons. That especially you know, solitude, and we learned that a lot during the pandemic. Is you could get lost in them, and you can find your own little world. And the outside world seems a little less obtrusive for a little while. But as I said, again, if you meet someone and you have that shared 
love of literature. It's so exciting. And even what's better, sometimes like you could talk to people who love literature and neither of you have scratched the surface of what the other like. Like you, there's so many authors, there's so many books that it's just a great way to connect to people. And for those of us who are lifelong readers, it's wonderful to see our love of literature evolving as we age. That's very true. I, I saw that in the story, how it evolves, how it, it takes a, a different form and a different nature. And it, it becomes all the more rewarding. It doesn't really diminish, but it takes on sort of a kind of a, a golden glow as it as it changes its nature. Yes. And what I enjoy now being, you know, I hate to say the word middle aged is one of the things I enjoy is going back and reading something that I enjoyed when I was younger or just something I read when I was younger and taking in all this knowledge I have now. And, you know, it's amazing how the book transforms from when I read it when I was younger. Sometimes I love it more. Sometimes I don't like it as much as I did. Um, I always note The Great Gatsby. Uh, when I was a kid, I read it and I loved these people and I so wanted to be them when I grew up. And then when I read The Great Gatsby as an adult, <laughs> I was like, hey, they're kind of spoiled brats. Right. It's like some red flags there with the mm -hmm. cast, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. I've had similar experiences. Like, you know, you read, uh, you know, ye old English literature and you're like, you, you admire this sense of... Uh, you know, striking nature, but then you realize, oh my, this was, this was rather uh, destructive. We should not do this. <laughs> yes. And well, I just wanted to say that, you know, it was absolutely rewarding that you reached out to our publication. You know, we, we are, we are very honored to have you in the zine. And now as we speak on the podcast, and I wanted to touch too, um, that we're going to explore, uh, you have an impressive catalog of work ranging from plays to full-length novels. So first question, Tom, how do you decide if a story is going to be a play or a piece of prose? Well, a lot of it has to do with what I feel the main gist of the story is. Uh, it, it's easy to basically say if I feel that it's a story that is a lot of dialogue and people talking back and forth to each other, of course, that's obviously going to be a play. Um, but I also feel like if it's a story that has a bigger scope to it, where it involves a lot of time, for instance, where it's enough in time, that's a whole lifetime of somebody and their reading from you know birth, almost cradle to grave. Unfortunately, you know, of course, I think something like that could be done on stage, but to me, the love of that, and also, of course, it being about the written word, I felt that that was more important being a piece of prose. Um, I always hearken back to one of my writing classes uh, when I attended Emerson College in Boston. One of my teachers used to say he could write pages and pages of descriptions, but when he got to dialogue, it terrified him. And I felt I was the opposite. I'm like, that's weird because I love writing dialogue. When I get to description, that's what terrifies me. So I also feel like if something, if I'm trying to create a world uh, more than telling a specific action story, that's where I feel prose is great that I can, you know, really give the time to paint a scene, uh, paint a world, paint a character. Where theater, there's definitely still a lot of painting of characters and worlds but I feel you're kind of dropped into it very quickly and you just have to take off and running and the actions and the words are what push the story forward. 
that's very interesting. It, it's a bit of a, uh, and it, you know, it's versus the, uh, the pacing of it too. You know, like you said, if there's more of a description or, a, you know, painting this world, prose would serve that better. But then if it's something more like say action oriented that you're sort of building the character through the motion of action, then that's where, you know, play would benefit, benefit that characterization. And I think time, as you mentioned, time is, you know, the pacing is another aspect of it because that's what I love about prose and that you can just slow down and take a look at the world that this character is in. And you don't quite have time for that in, in theater or you're just going to lose your audience. But readers and as we say in words enough in time, people love to, you know, dig in and get the details of the worlds that we create. That's very true. I, I think that can also be applied to like the different mediums, uh, such as like, say, you know, graphic novel, you know, I think a lot of people who are used to prose, um, aren't used to the net break characterization and graphic novel or, or, you know, comics as they are. And I had that discussion with a friend, I, I was quite uh, nursed on graphic novels and, you know, comics uh, growing up, but I was introducing it to my friend and my friend had some difficulty trying to digest the breakneck uh, characterization, like, you know, two or three panels. That's, that's all the info you're getting for right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and I'm all for graphic novels as literature. I'm a big, you know, comic book fan. My, my big musical was about the comic con and cosplay, you know, world. And, you know, I've written a lot of stuff that could be, you know, comic book oriented, so I think maybe to even further stretch, you know, like how do it, to me, it's this, what, how does the story dictate to be told? It, you know, I think it's instinct. Sometimes I feel the story needs to be prose. Sometimes I feel the story needs to be a play. A few times something poetry. And if I had more illustrative talents, I think I would be writing more, more graphic novels. I have written some scripts for graphic novels. One of my day jobs actually is writing comic books for kids with chronic illnesses. Um, so I do love that format as well. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I think the story instincts the format. That's very true. And, and also, uh, you know, major props to you for what you do. You know, that work truly does does help a lot of people. And, you know, I, I say that as a kid who had gone through some difficult things and comics were definitely, definitely there for me growing up. So thank you for the work you do. You're welcome. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, everything I write is rewarding, but writing, uh, to be more specific, I write comic books for kids with hemophilia and sickle cell uh, disease. And the, you know, I, because I'm a little removed from it, like I am my theater, my writing, where I'm more on top of the end results. I don't go to the places where these books are being handed out, but I've heard from people who are handing them out, how people are excited. They wanna hear, they wanna see the next adventure. Um, a lot of it because it's a fun little adventure comic, but the other part of it is because there's characters in these books that resemble them that they don't see. And and that is that is very important. A lot of people, you know, who are not, you know, who may not be experiencing that or seeing that may not realize the significance of that, but there there is a heavy significance in that, that for sure. Oh, yes. And I felt I feel that with all writing as well. I that's people like, oh, what do you write about? I said, I always try to write about the people who I don't feel get their stories told. And also, I want to tell the stories differently, you know, um, you know, definitely write a lot about the gay community. But 
I don't want to write another coming out story. I want to write a story about somebody who's going through life and just happens to be gay. Um, I write a lot about geek culture, which I think is, you know, the same with us who love to read. When we find somebody who reads the same graphic novels as we do, there's a shared experience. Um, things like, you know, I'm not a D&D player myself, but I love that that world. I love that community. And, you know, I actually did write a play about um, a D&D type community and, you know, what happens when the game ends and they have to grow up. And because, I you know, I think anything that brings people together, anything that they believe in should should be part of all of art. That is so true. That is so true. And and you're so right about that. Uh, you know, you know, I myself am. Uh, I haven't I haven't really been officially into the D and D, but I've always had a soft spot for medieval fantasy and you know geek culture. You know, I've been a bit of a I've been I've been sort of a DC fan since I was a kid. Since I always tell people since nineteen ninety seven, when nice. I could first read, yeah, and uh, yeah, since I we'll, could read, we'll, we'll, like, we'll we'll talk more when we're not recording because I could go off on DC and Marvel and you know how that affected me growing up and yes, you know, maybe one maybe one of these days you'll see my name in the byline of a Batman or Detective comic. That would be my dream come true. So I I know what you mean. I I feel the same way for uh, the Big Blue Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yes. Um, be before we we lapse into. Uh, geeking, so to speak. <laughs> I, I did want to ask you geeking out. Um, I did want to say, given the sometimes fluid nature of writing, do you ever find that, you know, I guess we did explore this, but do you feel like they can be interchangeable or do you feel like, as you said, with some stories, it could, it could only be done, you know, in a certain venue and well, like in a certain you know, format? I think it's like one of those two circle diagrams where there's the circle and then there's where they meet in the middle. There are certainly some plays that I don't think could ever be, you know, novelized and some uh, novels that can never be, you know, turned into a, a play. Uh, but I think there's a there's a little ground in the middle, especially for shorter pieces, um, because, again, that's I would write prose at the beginning. Theater didn't quite seem like what I wanted to do, I really wanted to be a writer, you know, the next Stephen King, the next Joyce Carol Oates, the next John Updike, you you name it. Um, so the, a lot of the short stories that I wrote were very heavy dialogue. And I remember somebody saying, have you ever thought of writing a play? And I said, well, I've dabbled with that, but I never really thought of that. Um, and then when I kind of got into writing for theater and was bitten by the theater bug, you know, it was almost like a drug. I All I was writing was theater for a little while. And then I was like, wait a minute, I still love prose. Let me get, you know, let me try to find that balancing act of writing both. And there'll be times where I'll have a piece that is a short story or a short play and I send it out to places and rejection after rejection. And I'm like, well, this doesn't seem to be finding the audience in the literary world. Or this doesn't seem to be finding the audience in the theater world. So I'll change it up and change the format because I feel it's that fluid. And sometimes it'll happen. Actually, the most recent piece that I got accepted was a former one-minute play, which I, I write a lot of those for uh, a lot of contests they have around uh, the country, the world, actually, like GI60 does uh, does one in Brooklyn and in England. 
And um, so I have all these one minute plays that haven't been produced. And when I was kind of going through them, I was like, well, this one might actually be a good little short story, even though it's all dialogue. I think it's kind of fun. And I wrote it up as a very, very short piece. And it, it was probably the last piece that I just had accepted. So you never know. You never know. And that's so true. And I understand. Uh, I myself, I for for a lot of times, I I do prefer dialogue you know, over description or, you know, a character's thought process just because, you know, so much of our character and personality as people can be revealed through our dialogue and how we verbally express ourselves with one another. Mm. That's true. And exactly. I, I, yeah. And I, I did want to ask too, uh, this is something many writers, including myself, find ourselves having to make this particular decision uh, when it comes to a work or even a scene from a work, uh, writing dialogue versus writing a description for you do you prefer writing dialogue or description or would you say they're about about equal as, as oh, you were describing i'd say 95 percent dialogue i love i love writing dialogue i love just getting in there and having two three five i even you know i love having a room full of people talking and just you know like each person having their own personality you know pop up in there you know i you know i feel it always seems like a writer shouldn't say that they have a gift, but I feel if I have a gift as a writer, it is to write dialogue. It is to write actually humorous dialogue is probably what I write best. And, you know, and again, I think there's humor room for prose as well. So yes, I will write a, you know, a piece of prose that has a lot of humorous dialogue. The plus of prose, and I don't kind of going back to what we're talking about is I can even make the narration sound like dialogue, which is a great benefit of, you know, that you can't, I mean, you can have narration in a play. Sometimes I feel that might be too much, but I think if you have, you can have a very conversational sounding narrator and that in itself is dialogue. But when it comes down to it, I do enjoy, I it flows, dialogue can flow out of me uh, where descriptions and regular prose, I wouldn't say it's a struggle, but it definitely is a lot more, I have to sit down, I have to focus, um, and the editing process, I sometimes I feel when I write dialogue, it's almost finished when I write it. When I'm writing prose, it's there's definitely a lot of lot of editing, a lot of red pen taken to it. True, true. In in many ways, sometimes when you know with prose, when it's necessary to have a description, it can sort of feel like a speed bump to the you know faster, fluid speed of uh, you know the dialogue that's being you know created and and put out there. Exactly. And I know what, you know, and that's, again, the, the benefit of prose is that you can say things, you can fill in the reader with prose that you can't do in a play because it sounds like on the nose dialogue when, you know, like, oh, when you're saying, oh, so-and-so, oh, she's saying this because her husband left her, you know, you can give that hint a little bit more in prose where you have to, in dialogue, specifically a play, you have to say it without saying it a lot of the time and you know again sometimes I feel that comes naturally but sometimes that's also a, a challenge as well is is to not is, is to make sure um you're not telegraphing to the audience that's true that is that is a that is a huge challenge especially in the you know in the more how do I say the the more the more faster nature you know of play versus prose and and, you know, and sometimes, you know, you can work in certain things with, you know, dialogue, but then you always have to be worried about 
is this too much info dumping? Was that cleverly, you know, woven into the, uh, you know, re revelation of that character? Or, you know, is it just like you said, on, on the nose, you know, just sort of a, it's kind of like having a, a neon arrow pointing to the point. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to, so like when you would do, when I would do research, and I've also seen this with other authors when they would do research about a subject and they want to get this information into a play, you always have to say like, okay, you don't need to tell us that you know the history, of, your character knows the history of golf. You have to show us that they know the history of golf. You can't, you know, you can't, you know, like maybe a statistic or two, but you can't have him, you know, ravel off the entire history of golf or you're going to bore your audience. Now in a, in a novel, you can do that a little bit more interestingly where like you can give that information uh, to the audience of, you know, like of saying that, oh, this character researched this or learned this from something and you can tell that and it feels natural to the story because you're showing this character's, you know, background. And and that's, you know, again, a, a plus for prose writing that you can really dive, as we said, into characters, but you can also dive into these worlds and you can give a little bit more fact you can you can actually telegraph some if you say like this is their researching or you can you know say oh they read this article and you write an article and and put it into the into the piece I you know that's the spot I feel you get to you know work a little bit more and now that being said I hope it's interesting and I hope it's push still pushes the story forward even even in a novel that's that's very true that that is true because it's you know you do want to get that information out there it's just a matter of how you put it where you put it and when you put it you know makes all the difference in you know really keeping the audience hooked in but you know as well as as well as yourself like whenever you look at something sort of read it like the audience and that way you have a like a better a better perception of what what the audience is perceiving Exactly. And I think that's, you know, that's the important thing. And a lot of writers, I hate to say there's a bit of self-indulgence, but all of writing is self-indulgence. You're telling a story. But I think when you get to the point of, okay, I want to do something with this play or short story or novel or script or graphic novel, you have to make sure that the the final product is something that, it, and I, even, I know this is a scare, is marketable is readable, is interesting, is going to get people to show up or buy or or just talk about as well. That is so true. I, I think that is something that, you know, many writers, you know, falter upon. You know, they they may not be keeping the audience in mind or, like you said, marketable, what's making people, you know, really grab their attention. And I, I was going to say... Um, for the last question, you know, I was going to say what kind of summonates all this in, in your experience, how does the creative process differ between the two? For a pros and, uh, uh, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, it feels because it's how I'm imaging it, imagining it in my mind. Like, I guess plays are easier to describe because I am, when I'm writing out a play, I'm thinking of actors on a stage, reading words, moving around, doing things. What are the light, you know, what are the lights going to be, you know, and I remember the rookie mistakes I made as a young author and um, actually a play that ended up getting produced 
the director was like, yeah, we had to put a little something in the middle because you kept the main character on stage the entire um, the entire play and she didn't have a break. So that's something else I have to think. So so theater and playwriting, you kind of have to think of the the what the end result is going to be, whereas prose. I can, you know, that's where, again, you can, that's where you can sit down, let yourself go, be self-indulgent, tell the story you want to tell, take your time, not having to worry about a stage budget and not having to worry about, um, you know, who, how is this going to be produced? You can just go, I can have aliens, I can have worlds blow up, I can go to a, you know, a thousand different locations. So, so I think when I'm sitting down to write something prose I can sort of let myself go a little bit more and not that I don't let myself go in dramatic work um I just feel that it's a little bit more blinders on of of how to get that piece how to tell the story in that format is a little bit more it has a few more gatekeepers that's very true I believe you're right I think there's a lot of people who would you know, for that particular, you know, process versus process, there's more gatekeepers, I think there's more critics. But, you know, comparing one versus the other with the other one, there seems to be like, there's more openness, there's more of a, a not so much a laxity, but like, there's, there's no set rules for someone to say this is wrong, although you will get people who may pop up and say this is wrong, because there always it, has to be that one person. You know, and again, definitely you have to be prepared for that in theater, because you're going to get, you're, you're going to get people from, from stage readings on to production, people are always going to give you feedback like, like it or not. But the other thing I like about theater is the collaborative process, where when I write a piece of theater, I bring it into a workshop usually, and actors will read it, and I'll get a feedback session, and that's great. I mean, and there's been times where I will continue to grow a character based on how an actor was reading it, you know, and then we'll put it up on its feet and look how it looks on stage, and even then I'll be a little bit more inspired, like, oh, you know, maybe you know, more movement or less movement, or this person isn't working in this scene. Um, so I, I really feel that it's, you know, it's sort of exciting. And if you keep your your mind open to the possibilities of what other people are going to bring, theater can end up, you know, being a wonderful collaborative process and at the end have a great piece of work. That's not to be said that prose doesn't have that because, you know, you have editors and stuff like that. But I feel... Um, you can, you know, it's sort of a solitary thing. And I think, I don't want to say I like one more than the other, but I enjoy the end result of drama a little bit more than I do of prose because there's nothing better than sitting in an audience and hearing an, hearing an audience react <laughs> to what you've written, hearing them laugh, hearing them gasp or whatever. That that's, There's no feeling like that in the world. And that that in itself is a is a, a feeling that you know that's hard to recreate with prose, like you said. You know, prose is more it's more of a, a solitary activity, and I think it's also wonderful too how you described with you know theater and drama that there's more of this collaborative process and it it has a more there there's a certain uh, organic energy that that comes from this collaboration and how that influences the outcome of the finished product. And that being said, to tag back to Words Enough in Time, the other reason why I love writing prose as well is because 
there's nothing better than to hear that something you wrote, you know, like someone like the unconventional courier says, hey, we like this, this really spoke to our people and you see the feedback. Um, I think there's almost a difference because now you know that somebody's really sitting down and reading and absorbing the words that you wrote. And that is just just as, as wonderful. Uh, might not be as immediate as theater is, um, but but the great part about prose is I'll have people like come back and like, hey, we read this thing you wrote 10 years ago and it really affected us. So, um, I mean, all writing will last, hopefully will last as long as we last and longer. Um, but I feel like prose sometimes has a little bit more of a shelf life when it's out there and, you know, in bookstores and in uh, on the internet. That's very true. That's very true. It, it is sort of, you know, as they say, words immortalized and, you know, you are right. It's not an instant gratification, but there is this, you know, slower, more, you know, set in stone, so to speak, as long as there is, you know, publication existing. And, and that's something for, I think, you know, writers to consider whenever they feel, discouraged that there will be people out there who, you know, their stories, you know, will affect them and, and people will be grateful that these, you know, stories were written and everything. Exactly. And the dream would be that like words enough in time, maybe someday two people will be discussing something that I wrote and they'll bond over it. And that would be, that would be what it's all about. That is so true. That is, that is the perfect, you know, encapsulation of, you know, what, you know, what, what should bring the writer, you know, satisfaction. And, and this was a very, you know, wonderful conversation, you know, we had today, Tom, you know, uh, you know, we hope to hear from you, you know, again, you know, not only, you know, if you ever want to submit to us again, but, you know, hopefully we'll, we can have you on here for another conversation because I feel like we've just, you know, scratched the surface of, so many things we could discuss. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that graphic novel one sometime too. So yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I do want to thank you again for your time. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. It was an honor to interview you. It was an honor to have your fantastic work. Um, thank you for you know thank bringing you. your work to the world, and you know thank you for all you do. It was wonderful having you here. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks as well. Thank you. Well, uh, we wish you all the best and uh, hope to hear from you again. And, you know, I, I wish you all the best with uh, everything else that you're doing. Do you have any new projects uh, that you're that you'll be maybe doing like this year or in the very, very near future? Uh, my superhero, my old my superhero nursing home play Golden Age is opening in Tehachapi, California in June. It's a little off the beaten path theater wise, but um but, you know, hopefully that'll, you know, if anyone just happens to be in that area, I think it's going to be a fun show. And uh, meanwhile, I'm just working on trying to get a few collections of short stories together. I would like, I did self-publish one. I would like the next one to be uh, perhaps published by um, some, some uh, mainstream publisher at some point. So I'm working on getting that together. But I'm always writing and always submitting and always keeping at it. So you'll, the, always something new pops up and... I'm sure 2023 will be no different. That is awesome to hear. And I wish you all the best. I hope Golden Age is a big, big success. Um, I myself am going to do research and, you know, see if I can read reviews or, you know, see excerpts of it. And I'm very excited to see that because that's something that certainly touches some things that I am quite uh, 
quite a fan of and I, I wish you all the best and and thank you again so much for coming on here today and we wish you the best for 2023 and beyond. Thank you and thanks for giving us all a voice. Thank you so much and uh, we'll see you then. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.